Thank you. We would like to speak this morning on godly leadership and what it is. I remember last year at this time that my New Year's resolution was to try to be more steadfast with the Lord. And my resolution this year, I know many of you probably have chosen out different things, but mine for 2023 is that I want to be a better follower of Christ and a better leader of others. That's, that's my personal goal this year, to be a better follower of Christ and a better leader of others. And what I would like to do with the main crux of our moments together this morning is to look at our leader, the Lord Jesus Christ. Take our examples from him and, and set some goals for ourselves in, in our lives. You know, there's a crisis of leadership in our day. I'm so glad that I can look out among this assembly and, and see many leaders. <laughs> I've, I've always appreciated that about this church. This church has never lacked leadership. And really, I've always felt to be a leader of leaders here among this assembly. But outside some of the insulated walls of Christendom, as we know it in our country, there is really a crisis of leadership across our land, a crisis in the home crisis in Washington, D.C. of true, godly, effective leadership in our day and, and in our times. And so throughout this year, 2023, uh, I will bring several messages just throughout the year to encourage us in this effort to be godly leaders and followers of the Lord Jesus Christ. Uh, just being a Southerner, I'm not a huge Abraham Lincoln fan, but there are a lot of things about Abraham Lincoln that I really admire. He had such an incredible moment in history that he was called to to try uh, to lead, and I'm sure that he did the best that he can. But I remember after the Civil War was over, it was right before he was assassinated, he gave a speech, and he talked about the leadership that he wanted to exhibit to the nation as the nation would try to heal back together. And this was a famous quote for him, and I really love, I think it encapsulates a lot about the way that leadership needs to be. He said that he wanted to have malice toward none, charity for all, and a firmness in the right. What lofty goals, right? All of us who are leaders, we would all have to look back at 22, and, you know, many times we'd probably have to hang our head and, and say, oh, man, I should have, I should have led so much better at, at this point or, or that point. And that's true of us all. That's true of every man here, of every mother here, anybody that, is in any position of, of leadership, we 
are all fallen creatures at best trying to do the best that we can. But I would point you to Christ today as a perfect leader, as one that, that never, as we have read and sang about, that never fails in his leadership over the church, over his people, over heaven and earth. Isn't that wonderful today to know that we serve and follow that kind of leader? But I just want us to first kind of view why that godly leadership is so important and kind of look at the negative side if you don't and then look at some positive things in regards to that before we really get into looking at Jesus, which is mainly we're going to be looking at John 10 uh, today uh, and the things that he said there himself. But first, when you don't have godly leadership in place, either in a home, in a church, or in a nation, things fall apart. Things uh, go awry. And it's so important. And we, we see this in the biblical history that has been revealed to us that every time that there was strong, godly leadership, the church and the nation flourished. And when that wasn't the case there was a huge decline in both realms and so we we want to seek and pray and ask the lord for to be godly leaders and to have godly leaders in our lives it is of utmost importance it is a thing of ultimate significance for us to pray for and to consider so first just in a negative sense let's look at what the word says when we don't have good leaders isaiah chapter 9 isaiah chapter 9 if you'll turn with me there and we'll read this and we can see this so true in our day and so much that is wrong in our day is this could be a uh, proof text for so much that is wrong. Look at this in Isaiah chapter 9 and hear the word of the Lord, verse 16. For the leaders of this people cause them to err, and they are led of them are destroyed. And we see that happening all around us, and that's a sad commentary on any uh, society, on any age, when there is this crisis, this lack of leadership. And it's hard to be a leader. Can I get an amen? <laughs> it's not that I'm calling you to something that is easy. But think about this, that Jesus, in the main part of, of his earthly ministry, what he did was disciple and train people to lead after that he would be gone. And the way that he did that was he allowed them to follow him. That's what, he, that's what they had to learn first. They had to learn first how to follow him, and then that they would be able to lead others. And that's why I said in my new, resolution, in my new year's resolution that at first I want to be a better follower of Jesus Christ because that is what will empower me and what will empower you, whether you're a mother, whether you're an employer, whether you're a grandparent, whatever stage of life, you're in some type of leadership. It might just be that you're the oldest sibling uh, among a large family. 
you you will be empowered the closer and the better that you follow the Lord Jesus Christ, the more and better you will be empowered to lead and follow follow others. But these this is a sad commentary. The leaders of this people cause them to err, and them that are led of them are destroyed. And just think about the leader. Challenge yourself in the leadership of your life, whether you're a husband today, whether you're a pastor, whether that you're an employee, maybe you work in in the government or in management or you're a teacher, wherever it is, how, how are you using the position, the authority that, that God has, has placed you in to glorify the Lord Jesus Christ and to help improve the lives of others? Let me just tell you, you're going to have to be willing sometimes to be unpopular. And nobody wants to be unpopular. I remember uh, Brother Hassel Wallace, all the time, him preaching when I was young, he said, I'm not here to be popular. He wouldn't say popular, he would say popular. <laughs> uh, you remember, Sister White, I'm not here to be popular. And I remember uh, one of my uh, sister-in-laws, she would say, don't worry, you ain't. <laughs> uh, but we, we won't. We want to be popular, and that's why sometimes we cower uh, sometimes down, and we uh, will be willing to be satisfied with the status quo. We, we uh, will be swayed by public opinion instead of standing for what is right. If, if you're going to be a godly leader, sometimes you're going to have to be willing to make a tough stand. Sometimes you're even, I mean, it's going to be even against your own house that you you've had to do that all the husbands that are here that know some of the battles that go on in the home not putting down the wives uh, at all but God in the church and in the home beloved as I read the word of God men are called to be leaders and they're held in account by God for that leadership and that's a tough spot uh, to be in but I want to encourage all of you to exercise the biblical authority. I'm not talking about lording it over people, but the servant loving leadership of Jesus Christ. Do not be ashamed. Do not be afraid to exercise that authority that God has given to you and let the chips fall where they may. Mm. So, Jesus would talk about some of the leaders that were in Israel at his day. Do you remember them? They were the Pharisees, right? Let's go to the book of Matthew, chapter 15, and listen to Jesus criticize these people that really thought themselves to be guides, leaders of, of the best of the best. And Jesus did not have much respect for them or for the type of leadership that they had. And, and that's why that it's so important. And that's why the leadership of Jesus Christ is so powerful. Because he was so genuine. Because he was so real. Because everything that he taught and that he preached and that he demanded of others, they could see in himself. And how real it was and and so it was so powerful and still is today as, as our leader. But it was not so with the Pharisees. And people saw through them and 
Pharisees are still seen through today. And Jesus would say of their leadership, and we pray that our leadership would not be this way or have this character. Matthew 15 and verse 14, he said, let them alone. What it means, it means don't follow those kind of people. Don't follow the kind of people that say one thing and then do the opposite, right? Or do so in a pharisaical manner that aren't real. He said, let them alone. They be blind leaders of the blind. And if the blind lead the blind, both shall fall into the ditch. And so we want to avoid being that type of leader. We want to avoid following those types of people. And they're a dime a dozen. There are so many out there that would lead people astray, especially your arch enemy, the devil himself. He would love to lead you into the broad way of destruction, but don't go in it because many there be that go thereby. But follow the good shepherd in the narrow way that leads to life everlasting. So, some negative things, right? That that is the negative side. Now, God has given to his people something far better. I've turned now to the book of Isaiah again, chapter 55. And he talks about the kind of leader that he will give us. The kind of leader that he would desire for us uh, to be. And as you turn there, I want you, those of you that have been with me through this past year in our uh, teachings in Exodus, this journey of redemption, and we saw in Moses this Redeemer that the Lord would, would raise up, how that for the first 40 years of his life, he was raised up and everybody followed him because of his titles, because of his position. And God had to send him for 40 more years on the backside of a desert to learn how to be a follower of God. And then with the last 40 years of your, of your life, so I've still got some hope for myself that I can become a, a good leader. Uh, maybe at 80 I'll have <laughs> uh, got my credentials in order and, and my, my actions. But uh, he was able to come back and be the true leader that Israel needed because he had learned how to be a true follower of God and how to trust God, and God tested him and tried him. And we're in the wilderness wanderings now, right? And that that is a great picture of the sanctification of God's people in redemption. And I'm just drawing you back to that to think about what are they learning through these wanderings? What are they learning at Mara? What are they uh, learning uh, in the table of the wilderness when God dropped and gave them angels food. Oh, they're learning how to follow God. They're learning how to trust God's leadership and to follow the leaders that God gave them in their lives. And so be thankful today. If God has placed godly leaders in your life, praise God for that. Pray for them. Encourage them. Follow them. As they follow Christ. Isaiah 55 and verse 4. Behold, I have given him for a witness to the people, a leader and a commander to the people. Hallelujah. And we read how David speaks in Psalm 
23 as well, that great psalm of the shepherd. He said, he leads me right beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in what? Paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Oh, may we be resolved today to be better followers of the Lord Jesus Christ and better leader of others. Now, let's go to John chapter 10. John chapter 10 for the crux of our time together. John chapter 10. And I just want to read uh, the first part of this. And I want you to think about the leadership and the qualities of Christ as a leader as we read this passage. Verily, verily, I say unto you, He that entereth not by the door into the sheepfold, but climbeth up some other way, the same is a thief and a robber. But he that entereth in by the door is the shepherd of the sheep. There's the leader, beloved. To him the porter openeth. And the sheep hear his voice, and he calleth his own sheep by name, and what? Leadeth them out. And when he putteth forth his own sheep, he goeth before them, and the sheep follow him, for they know his voice. And a stranger will they not follow, but will flee from him, for they know not the voice of strangers. May it be true for us. This parable spake Jesus unto them, but they understood not what things they were which he spake unto them. Doesn't that make you feel a little bit better? (laughs) Then said Jesus unto them, Verily, verily, I say unto you, I am the door of the sheep. All that ever came before me are thieves and robbers, but the sheep did not hear them. I am the door. By me, if any man enter in, he shall be saved, and shall go in and out and find pasture. The thief, cometh not but for to steal and to kill and to destroy. I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly. I am the good shepherd. The good shepherd giveth his life for the sheep. But he that is a hireling and not the shepherd, whose own the sheep are not, seeth the wolf coming and leaveth the sheep and fleeth. And the wolf catcheth them and scattereth the sheep. The hireling fleeth because he is a hireling. And careth not for the sheep. I am the good shepherd. And know my sheep. And am known of mine. As the Father knoweth me. Even so know I the Father. And I lay down my life for the sheep. And here's where you and I come in beloved. We're in this story too. And other sheep I have. Which are not of this fold. Them also I must bring. And they shall hear my voice. And there shall be one fold and one shepherd. Therefore doth my Father love me, because I lay down my life, that I might take it again. But let us not be confused, he says. No man taketh it from me, but I lay it down of myself. Oh, what a leader. I have power to lay it down, and I have power to take it again. This commandment have I received of my Father. So, Godly leadership, what is it? What does it look like? Number one, godly leadership must begin with personal integrity. Godly leadership must begin with personal integrity. I'm talking about being real, being genuine, as we have talked about being faithful. I think it's very fitting that we look 
at what kind of shepherd that Jesus Christ is qualified as. He is not just called a shepherd, but he is called the what? The good shepherd, which speaks to his integrity, which speaks to his character. There are many things that Jesus is called. Sometimes they called him master. Sometimes they called him shepherd. The roles changed, but the character didn't. It didn't because they called him what before master? Good master, right? And before shepherd, good shepherd. The roles changed, but the integrity, the character uh, did not. What about us in, in our lives? And isn't it wonderful that Jesus is good all the time? But we all find in ourselves weaknesses, don't we? We find faults and, and failings. And so it, how, Brother Nathan, can we reach for? How can we uh, hope to be empowered as well in our leadership by integrity? Where does integrity and character come from? Well, sometimes we would think, well, if I can just do these things that are right and not do these things that are wrong. And so we may, maybe we might try to uh, gather to ourselves some type of righteousness, some type of personal righteousness that we might think that we could gain by actions that we take. Well, that's exactly what the Pharisees tried to do. And it failed them miserably. And guess what? So will it you or I as well. Now, am I saying that you shouldn't try to do what's right? Y'all know that I'm not, <laughs> right? We know that living upon grace does never means lawlessness, but we grace magnifies the law and, and gives us the strength and power to seek to follow it in an evangelical way, in a way that pleases God and blesses our lives. But integrity and character, it is developed and pursued and is empowered by closeness to Christ and obedience to Him. That's where it comes from. That's why we said in order to be a good leader, first we are all going to have to seek to be good followers of Him. When Jesus came to Peter and John, when He came to Nathaniel, when He came to you, the first thing that He said wasn't, I want you to lead. No, the first thing He said, two words that changed the world was, follow me, follow me. And then I'll make you fishers. I'll make you leaders among men. But it begins with following him, that closeness to Christ in uh, and, and which we, as we draw closer to him and seek to be like him in every way, character and integrity is developed in us. And it is, it is pursued by us. Apostle Paul says, I'm in pursuit of that. I want to apprehend that which has apprehended me and he was pressing toward a mark to be like Christ, to win Christ above all things. Oh, isn't it wonderful how that he said to them, follow me. And so that's where it must begin. And we, we see here over and over again, he is called and he is qualified as a leader, as the good shepherd. And people are not going to want to follow someone who gets up in front of the family and says, 
I don't want any of y'all to smoke cigarettes or use tobacco and then they smoke cigarettes or use tobacco. It's just it's just a failing model of leadership, right? Or be be wise with your money and then you're not wise with your money or be careful how you eat and you know we never watch our diet. It's do as I uh, say, right? But not as I do. And and it's just a failing system. And so it behooves all of us as pastors, as fathers, as as mothers, as leaders in whatever capacity that we are to seek all that within us is by God's grace to practice what we preach, to be who we say that we are. And I, that's so hard. It's the hardest thing in life because we are weak and, and fallen. But isn't it so sweet to see in Jesus' leadership as these men follow him and all their character defects come out he never gives up on them. He never throws them away. Oh, even when Peter denies him and curses his, and denies him, yet the Lord would not deny him and still used him in a most powerful way as a leader among the people of God. But we, we always look to Jesus and and yes, we all have leaders in our lives. We have fathers. We have mothers. We have grandparents, as have been mentioned. We have pastors. But all of these people, all of these ones that we admire and love and, and we look to to help guide our lives, beloved, they will be insufficient for us ultimately. And that's why I point you to the Good Shepherd. I point you to Him. Never put all of your hope in men, but in God. And men will fail. Women will fail. They always have. They always will. But Jesus will never fail. The good shepherd. Try to pattern your leadership for one that you would seek to follow and, and give all of your best to. Let it be to Christ. So, leadership begins with personal integrity secondly the godly leader loves and serves those that, they, those that they lead do you see this in the lord jesus christ people wanted to follow him people were willing to follow him because of how greatly he loved them for how much that he served them he didn't ask others to serve and him not serve we see him even washing the disciples feet at the end before he would go to the cross and one of the greatest examples of servant leadership if you want others to follow you to respect you as a leader they must feel and know that you love them you love them deeply you love them intimately you would do anything for them you will go the extra mile you will weep with them when they weep you will rejoice with them when they rejoice. You won't ask of them anything that you're not willing to do yourself. Right? And that's tough. That's hard to do. But Jesus, in this Good Shepherd passage, in this John 10, that's what He reveals to us. 
his own good character, yes, but that he loves his own. He will go to whatever means necessary, even laying down his life on a Roman cross to manifest his love for them and his faithfulness to them. Jesus lays down his life in spite. He loves, you love those that you lead in spite of their faults, in in spite of their failures, in spite of all their weaknesses, yet you continue to love them. This is a leader's power and influence. Is his Love, I submit to you, you will never follow someone that you know does not love you. But if you know that they love you, husbands, love your wives, right? Isn't it amazing that the Bible doesn't say husband, lead your wives? Because if we love them, if pastors love the flock, then the children, then the wives, they want to follow father. They want to follow the husband. They want to follow the pastor because they know that they'll do whatever is, whatever sacrifice is needed, they'll make it. Even if they fail and fall on their face, daddy, my husband will still love me. He'll still love me. And don't we love that about Jesus? All of us could look back through 2022 and see how many times we, how many weaknesses, how many faults, how many failures. Yet, when I woke up this morning, I know He loves me. I know He loves me, and I'm going to keep following Him until He stops loving me. And you know when He's going to stop loving me? Never. So when can I stop following Him? Never. Never. This is the leader's power. I, I love uh, some of the scriptures that speak to this. Let's go to, just quickly, 2 Timothy chapter 2, verse 10. Why did the Apostle Paul have such incredible impact outside of the Lord Jesus Christ? Probably the most impactful figure in the New Testament, the Apostle Paul. It was the love that he had for Christ and for his people. He said at this point, is this the way that you feel about your brothers and sisters and about the church and the cause of Christ? Verse 10, therefore I endure all things for the elect's sake that they may also obtain the salvation which is in Christ Jesus with eternal glory. He would tell them in another place, you remember in uh, 1 Corinthians 11, 11, you can just jot it down. He said, be followers of me even as I follow Christ, right? And there it is. Not only must a godly leader begin with personal integrity, but then secondly, they must also be willing to love and serve those that they lead. It can't be about getting people to follow us. It can't be about getting people to serve us. It's about us following Christ and serving others so that they might follow Him. Amen. Amen. There it is. There it is. I'll say this statement. And I know it's not true in every case because 
Sometimes as there is a, a crisis in leadership, there's also a cri crisis in, I'm going to make up a word here, followership. <laughs> Sometimes when people's hearts are so hard, when they get so in the flesh, when they get so sinful, even if the leader is loving, even if the leader is good, because of the darkness that has pervaded into their heart, they they won't they won't follow, and and that is a problem. But I believe that we could say for a majority of the time, if you are truly loving those that you lead, they will want to follow you. They will want to follow. So that's a gut check for all of us, right? Does Providence Church want to follow its pastors? Do they see in their pastors that their pastors love them? Do you see in your husband, does your wife know beyond a shadow of a doubt, if she doubted everything else, but she knew deeply that you loved, and your children and, and mothers and, and so on, down the leadership uh, spectrum, if you are truly loving them, they will want to follow. Do People want to follow you as you follow Christ. So we see that in Christ. We see that in our pastors, right? It's all about how he loves the sheep, how he's intimate with the sheep, how he's there for the sheep, how if the sheep are in trouble, he goes after them, right? If, if an enemy comes against them, he, he's there to stand and, and fight. He doesn't run away. Oh, hallelujah for a leader like the Lord Jesus Christ. And so thirdly, this is the big, big one. Godly leadership does not run away from problems. Not his own and not others. Does he admit, does, does he know that there's problems? Yes. Problems, beloved, are the test of your leadership. If you don't have any problems in yourself or in your life, your leadership's never going to grow. It's never going to be tested because the problems are the test of the leadership itself. And so they will come, and they must come. But aren't you glad that Jesus didn't take a dive? Aren't you glad that Jesus just didn't throw in the towel? Jesus didn't just skirt around the issue of our greatest needs, but he met him head on. He set his face like flint toward Jerusalem and toward the cross. Oh, the unwavering love. Of the Lord Jesus Christ. How powerful that it is. Oh I ask you today even though. Those of you who have not. Why have you not followed him? Has he called to you and said follow me? Oh what else would you follow? Follow him. Follow him. Hear his voice. He said if you're my sheep. And I call to you. You will follow me. If you don't follow him, then you are not his sheep. Because if you are his sheep, you will hear his voice. You will know his grace and his love and his power. And you will follow. You will. He took on our debt. Man, what a debt we owed, right? What is it you always say, Brother Jeff, 10, 000, I was in debt 10,000 farthings, right? Not a penny to pay. But he said, I'll take their debt. He paid it all, beloved. All to him. 
we owe. Are you willing to do that for others? He was willing to face down all of our enemies. He who is life faced death, not for himself, but for you and for me. He faced down the prince of this world. And he said, the prince of this world cometh, but he hath no part. And me, he defeated him in the wilderness. He defeated him in the grave. He'll defeat him in your life as well. Submit yourselves to God. Draw nigh to God. Resist the devil. And he will flee from you. He took our debt. He took on our enemies. He has secured our future. Oh, how greatly that he has loved us. He, a leader doesn't run away from, from problems. It's hard to deal with problems. It's so much easier just to kind of try to cover them up or pretend like that uh, they're not going to be an issue, right? Problems in people's marriages. Y'all, you can't ignore them. (laughs) You can't kick them down the road. You can't act like they don't exist. They're they're there, they're the crux and and the test of who you are and your faith in the Lord Jesus Christ. And you must face them. And you must deal with them. And you must, by God's grace, overcome them. So it is true in a church. There's always problems in a church. And they must be faced. And they must be faced head on in love and in truth and in humility. And God will give the victory. Godly leaders do not run away from their problems. We see that in our passage, right? If the thief comes, he thwarts him. If the murderer comes, the destroyer comes, he said, I've come to give you life. If the wolf comes, he fights and lays down his life for the sheep. Lastly, as we close... Godly leadership puts major emphasis on relationships. It's all about relationships and being intentional in relationships. We see that all through the passage. That's why in Jesus' model for discipleship, it was about the disciples living beside him, seeing him move in his life as he ministered in the world around him. I think about how tender even that he was, how intimate that he it said about John. It always has touched me about it, that he let John lay his head, even on his chest, sometimes at, at night. I'm sorry to get sentimental and emotional, but that just, you know, grown men don't do that. I, I've never let anybody lay their head on my chest, but oh, what a leader, how intimate the disciple that jesus loved he let him even lay his head on his chest he would call to them so sweetly by name mary lazarus oh he says i know my sheep i know them and i'm known of mine oh leader The people that follow you must have an open door to your heart. They must have an open way to your ear. You must hear the voices of those that follow you. You're of no purpose 
to them. They must have an open door. He, Christ lead, led with a personal touch, didn't he? With a personal touch, and especially in communication with them. This is true in the church and family and work and personal. And it, it is only through relationship that you can build trust. And trust is an issue, isn't it? When it comes to leadership. And trust must be guarded. Trust must be earned so carefully. And even if it uh, is damaged, hallelujah, it, it can be regained by grace and mercy and faithfulness. But you see that in the Good Shepherd, you see all these things, the personal integrity, the loving and serving of those that he led, never running away from his problems or theirs, but facing them with them or just by himself, if, even when he had to go it alone, right? And then it was always with Christ, the shepherd. And that's why we're all here today. You're not here because of my relationship with Jesus, are you, Joanna? No, that is. Well, Brother Nathan loves Jesus, so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to go uh, to, to church. And no, it's, he, he, he did all these things for you. He's all these things for every one of his people. Isn't that amazing? Now, I can't be all things to all men. I can't be everywhere and be at every kid's ball game and be there every time a church member falls down and gets a boo-boo. I can do my best to, you know, be the pastor and shepherd that God has called me to be. But ultimately, it's your relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ that is the crux of, of uh, why that he uh, died for us, why that he uh, lives within us and has taken a boat in our hearts and why we'll be with him forever. Because that was his purpose and intention before the world began. And as you said, brother, it will not fail. He will not be thwarted in it, in anyone. He is not willing that any should perish. Hallelujah. May God bless us this next year, 2023. May God bless us to be better followers of the Lord Jesus Christ, better leaders of others. May the Lord bless you and keep you and lead you is our prayer.